Welcome to Whippy on Measure. My name's Katrina Mayer. And I'm Elle Kammerer. And today we are talking about Emma chapters 39 through 43. Yes. Despite what Katrina thinks, <laughs> a lot actually does happen in this book. There's a lot of action, people moving around, people doing stuff, lots of talking, some lying that people get caught on. There's some, there's some drama. There's, there's, there's a lot. I'm not saying that things didn't happen. I just, I don't know. I think I just need to like sit with it after a while to like absorb all the things that are happening because it's so much talking that it feels like things aren't happening, but then Mm -hmm. they're talking in different places and I don't always move with them. (laughs) (laughs) What's also funny, and we kind of mentioned this before, is that uh, not only does Katrina need to sit and think about these books because there is so much talking, but she also gets more excited the more she talks. (laughs) Yes, that's true. That's true. I need to share and then I get excited about it. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So... Well, I have the super duper short recap. Yep. So I'll try to fit everything in. So these chapters start off right at the end of the ball. So like the ball, the last scene that we see is Emma nightly walking onto the ballroom floor. And then the next page is the next day. Emma is still thinking about her conversation with Mr. Knightley and how they totally agree that the Eltons are literally the worst. The worst. She's the worst. <laughs> But so this agreement just makes Emma really happy because she agrees with Knightley and everything is all good. Then all of a sudden, Harriet is quote unquote assaulted by quote unquote gypsies and is unable to flee in terror from these quote unquote gypsies. Um, But don't worry, Frank Churchill shows up to uh, save the day. Frank then brings Harriet to Hartfield's. And he makes sure to mention that the reason why he hasn't left already and the reason why he was delayed, which allowed him to save Harriet, quote unquote, is because he had to return scissors to the Bates's house. And he like goes out of his way to make sure that she is aware that he had to return some scissors to the Bates's, which is weird. But while he's talking, Emma's brain is like, oh my gosh, Frank and Harriet. Why didn't I see this before? They're perfect for each other. Look, and and he rescued her, so she's going to totally fall in love. And he rescued her, so this means that he totally loves her. And oh my gosh, one plus one equals two. I'm a genius. Here we go. And at this point, Ellen is like, oh my freaking God, Emma, shut up. (laughs) Later on, after Harriet has recovered from her quote unquote traumatic event, she decides to destroy all of these weird things that she has kept from Mr. Elton in like, I don't know. I know that we all have like those little things that we keep from our crushes to remind us of them. But at the same time, this is a little serial killer. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Then we, we get some, we get some George Knightley point of view going on here, which is really good because he sees things that Emma doesn't see, which means we get to see it and actually pay attention to it. And we get to catch Frank Churchill in a lie. And it's exciting. Everybody goes to Hartfield for tea. Frank pisses Jane off. Then later, Mrs. Elton is really sad because her family can't come and visit. So she's going to be super bored. But oh, wait a second. I'm going to talk to Mr. Knightley about having a party and picking strawberries. And Mr. Knightley's like, okay, cool. Yeah, we can totally do that. Uh, So they pick strawberries at Donwell Abbey. And turns out Emma hasn't been to Donwell Abbey in a while. And she's all impressed with the house. And the house once again, becomes the best wingman in the books. (laughs) 
then the very next day, everybody decides to go to Box Hill. And Emma is really, really mean to Mrs. Bates. And she says things that we've been saying since the beginning of this podcast, but she shouldn't be allowed to say it. <laughs> and Mr. Knightley calls her out on her bullcrap. And she cries all the way home. The end. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Uh, can I just say that, like, when it got to be Mr. George Knightley's point of view, that I was so into the book, and I was like, why isn't the whole book from his point of view? It would I be agree. so much better. It would oh be my so gosh. much better. And he's so entertaining because he's like, you get his inner dialogue, and he's just, like, so ridiculous. <laughs> but in a good way. And it's like, not only do we have his point of view and like he's like listening to all these conversations but then we also have it like we have it from from the beginning of that section all the way through they're having tea and like you you see him or you like read that his point of view is like he's like trying to like creep around the table and like watch what people are doing and like being observant yeah my dog may have just coughed in the other room so i apologize mm -hmm. she has allergies but yeah, so he's observant. Emma's not observant. Or at the very least, Emma thinks she's observant, but she's totally missing everything. I don't know. But I, I do want the whole book written through Mr. Knightley's point of view. But at the same time, we're going to have a lot of reading by the fire, taking a look at our accounts. I mean, that's okay. Okay, so let's start at the beginning of this section. Okay. Emma is, is thinking about Mr. Knightley and how they agreed and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. She's out walking. Yeah. She, like, kind of has feelings for him. It's like, the, yeah. it's like the start of, like, her liking him. Like, this is how it starts. Even though she doesn't realize it yet. Because she's like, oh, we're in agreement. Oh, it makes me so happy. I love that we're not fighting. It's going to be a great summer. So, okay. So here's the thing. We see her looking at and talking about Mr. Knightley in this way. And it very much reflects how she was looking and thinking about Frank Churchill. The difference is, though, is that she, like, thinking about Frank Churchill in that way was like, oh, well, it's because I like him, or it's because I consider marrying him, or after he leaves and then comes back and she's still thinking this way, oh, it's because I loved him. But she's not making that connection with Mr. Knightley. We are, but she's not. Yeah. So it very much is, like, a mirror thing here. So the way she looks at Frank and thinks she's in love is exactly how she's looking and thinking about Mr. Knightley, and she is in love. See, yeah, here's the whole thing is, like, Emma's, like, so on top of it, like, I'm not gonna get married. Oh, I have this crush on Frank. I'm so self-aware. But love uh -huh. for Mr. Uh -huh. Knightley is, like, sneaking up on her, and she won't even realize it. Mm-hmm. And I love it. And I'm here for it. And it's great. And we're finally seeing it, thank the gods. Yes. So Emma's having this really great morning. Everything is going awesome. And she's also really excited about the fact that Mr. Knightley said that they weren't brother and sister. <laughs> <laughs> We're all really excited about that. We are all really excited about that, but she is too. But then, oh no, her morning is spoiled because Harriet comes to Hartfield in so much distress. So she's walking around her yard <laughs> her grounds. grounds thank you and all of a sudden the gate swings open and frank is like practically carrying harriet she's like leaning on him she's pale white they go into the into the house harriet like immediately faints and emma's like a fainting woman i must know what happened so frank tells her what happened turns out harriet was walking along the lane 
with one of her friends from the boarding house. No big deal. They do it all the time. They're like, is it like a mile or like half mile or something like that outside of town where the road has a bunch of trees hanging over it. All of a sudden, they come across a band of gypsies, which gypsy is a not very good term. We have problematic language. Those are the words that Jane Austen is using. She is specifically talking about the Roma people who are very, they're very mobile. They, you know, wander around Europe um, very much at this time. They were doing that. Mm -hmm. And they would just like set up camp in like open fields or along roads and things like that. Yes. They made any of the money that they had by selling trinkets or begging. And people in England weren't really fans of them because they would just like come into town, set up shop and or beg for money. And like they were looked on as like dirty beggars and stuff like that. And yeah, yeah. A lot of the stereotypes and things like that, that the English came up with that are still kind of used against these people today, but specifically at the time made them sound really scary like these people would like mug you in the streets so when harriet comes across them she and her friend freak out can we just point out though that like it's specifically a child who approaches them first and begs for money a child they come up to the camp they see the camp on the street and a child comes up to beg for money from them And that's when the friend freaks out so much she runs up an embankment and away. But Harriet, who is all cramped and sore from dancing the night before, can't quite make it up the embankment. So she's like stuck and she's freaking out because this child is like, do you have any money? Yeah. Can I have some of your money? And then more children come over and then a woman and a boy, I believe. So it's not like, it's like big, giant imposing figures right it's yeah a woman some children and like a boy maybe like a teenage boy is kind of how i pictured it in my brain Mm -hmm. and they're not Mm -hmm. like hurting her they're just like can we have some money do you have some money we can we have some money please or some food or something just like asking her and so she Mm -hmm. gives them a shilling is like please no more and is like hobbling away but they're still asking her for stuff they're like following her I don't know. It didn't seem that distressful. No, it really didn't. Like, it's not that big a deal. But again, she's been fed this misinformation about these people. So she sees them as these big, scary monsters, you know, mm-hmm. and that that's not true at all. No, but that's what she's been fed. So she freaks out. And <sighs> it's really just embarrassing, Harriet. It is. But Frank happens to come across them and Frank being a guy and being a well-off guy so he's dressed nicely uh he sees the children woman and teenager around harriet and he walks up and he's like no leave her alone and they they back off you know because another one of the things is that these people would regularly have the authorities called on them and then they'd have to move you know yeah they'd have to move they'd eventually they'd eventually have to run away because they could get in serious trouble for just living their lives so i wouldn't be surprised if one of the reasons why these people just backed off as quickly as possible when frank showed up is because they were kind of afraid that you know he would then call on the authorities 
which sadly did happen. Mm-hmm. Um, Mr. Knightley was told because he is the magistrate of the area and he informed the authorities and eventually they left the area. So, but Frank saves quote unquote Harriet and takes her to Hartfield because they were close to it and he felt that that would be a safe place for her. So they show up at Hartfield. And now while Emma's first reaction is, oh, I'm so sorry that Harriet, you know, had to deal with this. Um, her second and probably more powerful emotion was, oh my God, Harriet and Frank would totally be adorable together. And now they've gone through this trauma together and he saved her. So she's going to fall in love and he probably really likes her. Otherwise he probably wouldn't have saved her. And this is perfect. Now I have totally already mentioned that I think that they would be good together, but this just seals the deal. Yeah. But also I shouldn't do this. Like I'm totally not matchmaking, but also one more won't hurt. Especially when it's one like this, which Mm -hmm. totally makes sense. This is fine. It's going to happen anyway, so I might as well. Because she's addicted to matchmaking, even though it has literally not worked at all whatsoever. (laughs) This girl (laughs) is so bored. (laughs) Now, while this is happening, so, Frank. So, he has to leave town because his aunt is sick. So... He initially was just going to leave town right away in the morning. He wasn't going to stop by Hartfield to see Emma, even though he had just danced with her all night. Rude. Yeah. But he realized that he had a pair of scissors that he had borrowed from the Bateses, so he needed to return them. So he sent his carriages down the road, or sent his horses down the road, so he would just then walk alone. So his servants weren't around or anything like that. Nobody saw him go to the Bates. Mm -hmm. He was planning on going quote-unquote, dropping off the scissors Mm -hmm. and then leaving without anybody being suspicious of the fact that he randomly has some scissors he has to drop off at the Bates' house, even though he's super in a hurry to get back to Richmond. I might just be adding extra details just because, but I'm not. It's Frank. (laughs) So... When he has to take Harriet to Hartfield, he feels that it is necessary to tell Emma that he had to go see the Bates. And that's why he didn't really have time to, like, hang out. Because he was already in a hurry. But he definitely had to go see the Bates. And I'm sorry, but there is something going on between Frank Churchill and Jane Fairfax. And I have more proof of this later. (laughs) There's a reason why he kept those scissors. He wanted to see them before he left town. So then we get on to Harriet being a little bit of a psychopath. (laughs) So Harriet comes over to Emma's house. Very all like total middle school vibes to her. Oh, she's she's also totally over the whole encounter with the quote unquote gypsies, by the way. Yeah, she's feeling better. Okay, so she comes over all middle school vibes. Emma, oh my gosh, I have something I have to tell you. It's so embarrassing. I'm so ashamed, but I have to tell you because you're my best friend and you're the only person who's going to understand. Look at this cute little box I made. It says my precious treasures on the top, (laughs) right? And it's like decorated with hearts and pink construction paper and whatever. Of course, it's not. It's Uh the Regency, but that's Uh what I picture in my brain because Uh that's what eighth grade Katrina would have done. So comes over. This little stuff, my precious treasures. Emma opens it up. 
and there are two very creepy things inside <laughs> of it. But at the same time, I can't be mad at her because, again, 8th grade Katrina does stuff like this. So, like, it's okay, Harriet, but, like, maybe you should have just kept that to yourself. Well, so, it's... Like, the items, just even of themselves, are kind of weird. Like, one of them, maybe not so much, but one of them is really creepy. It's, okay, and so here's what calls it out, too. She does, but she does it in a, in a lot nicer way than what we're doing, because Emma is her friend, and you're, you're actually being a good friend to Harriet, so, uh-huh. in this sense. So, good job, Emma. Way to hold your tongue. Anyway, Emma opens it up, and she pulls out a plaster, which, if you're not familiar with that word, that's what British people call band-aids. Right. Call them that today, too. Yeah, but it's not quite like a band-aid like we think it's of now. It's not a band-aid like we it's like yeah. It's like on a roll, so you have to like mm-hmm. rip off how much you need, cut it, and then apply it. So it's not just like yes. one piece of like a band-aid. It's right. almost like a roll of band-aids, and you just rip off however much you need. That's important, exactly. because otherwise this is even creepier. <laughs> yeah, so she has like a little piece of this plaster, right? This old-timey Think of it as like an old-timey band-aid that doesn't look like a band-aid that comes mm-hmm. off of a roll. Yeah, it's like a bandage. It's an old-timey yeah. bandage, yeah. Yeah. So Emma's like, why do you just have a random piece of plaster in this box? And she's like, remember that day we were all hanging out before all the unfortunate things happened? It was you, me, and Mr. Elton. And he cut his finger. Don't you remember? And... Well, you didn't have any plasters, but you said I had some. And I did, because I always carry them around, because what Regency woman doesn't (laughs) carry around a roll of plasters in her pocket all the time? Apparently. (laughs) Apparently that's a thing. Which is funny, because in all honesty, like, I cut myself, and I couldn't find any band-aids in my entire house. (laughs) So it's a thing. Yeah. So Emma's like help him and so so harriet she pulls out her roll of plaster she she cuts it off she applies it to mr elton and mr elton oh it's too long so mr elton trims it even more and he plays with the little piece he trimmed off and then he just kind of like set it down and then harriet took it back but instead of like putting it back with the other plasters to be used later she put it in her like creepy box (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag creepy box. <laughs> Hashtag creepy box. But I say that with love because I had a creepy box too, so it's okay. So she puts it in her creepy box to hold on to because Mr. Elton had played with it. And so it was like a treasure from him. And so they have this conversation. And Emma's like, oh, yeah, I do remember that. Oh, no, Harriet, this is all my fault. I totally have plasters in my pocket because every good Regency woman carries <laughs> plasters in her pockets. <laughs> I should have just given him one and we could have avoided this whole thing. (laughs) But I didn't. She's also like, Harriet, I don't understand. Like, okay, I get that you're you're wanting to get rid of this keepsake. That's the whole reason why Harriet is doing this. She wants to get rid of them. Because Mr. Elton is married now. It's pointless. Her crush is gone and over. So Harriet's like, I want to get rid of this piece of plaster. I'm going to throw it in the fire. And Emma's like, oh, but you could use it. (laughs) Like, I don't understand. You could just use it. And Harriet's like, no, it has to go. I can't. I can't. Oh, eighth grade drama. I cannot keep this piece of garbage. No. All right. So that's the first thing. She has one other thing in there. This one isn't as bad. Um, But 
So Emma pulls out like a piece of pencil with the lead all the way cut down. It's like the it's tiny useless. little stub that's left. It, yeah, there's yep. no more lead in it. It can't be used anymore. Mm-hmm. And it's super short. And I was like, what's this? And she's like, remember that day when we were all hanging out? It was you, me, and Mr. Elton. And he wanted to write a note down because Mr. Knightley had told him about this spruce beer. And he wanted to write a note down because he wants to try to make himself like it, which, I, okay, good for you, Mr. Elton. <laughs> because you and Mr. Knightley really like it and you were talking about it. So he was, like, making a note. So he pulled out his pencil to, like, jot a note, but he cut it too deep. The lead is gone. It was useless. So... He just threw the pencil down. And then as soon as he wasn't looking, I took it (laughs) and put it in my creepy box. (laughs) Hashtag creepy box. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Yep. And I was like, oh, I, yep, I remember that. (laughs) Okay. I'm just imagining, and I know this isn't what it looks like, but I'm just imagining, like, the stub of a pencil with, like, full-on eraser and metal and, like, just too short. Like a modern one. Yeah, like a modern pencil, but just, like, too short to write with. But yep. in my brain, it's, like, chewed on, you know? Because yeah. that makes it even creepier. Because <laughs> That's just where my brain went. There's no, there's no indication that that's what it looks like in the book. That's no. just what my brain pictured. It's just a too short piece of wood without any lead in it, essentially. And so she's like, I'm going to get rid of this stuff. And they do. But it's really funny because when they're having this conversation and they're going back and forth, Emma's like really into it because they also talk about, remember, you were sitting there and I was sitting here. And it's like, Mm -hmm. oh, no, I know Mr. Elton was there because I was sitting here and I made sure. And it's just like... (laughs) You do that when you're in middle school and you're talking about your crush. I'm like, remember when he was like, we were at that table in the back there and he was standing here and I was sitting there and like, yeah, that's what this scene is. And it's fantastic. And let's remember that these two women are 18 and 21. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, how times have changed. But so eventually Harriet just chucks it in the back of the fireplace to be burned. Cool. Creepy boxes empty can be used for something else. Done. Hopefully less creepy things. Yes. Yes. Hashtag less creepy box. Less creepy box. <laughs> After that creepy box situation, <laughs> I think a few days have passed because now all of a sudden we're in June and, you know, time moves on from creepy boxes. Yes. Everybody is out and walking around in town because it's nice out. So, like, Emma and Harriet come across Mr. Knightley, who also comes across the Westons and Mr. Churchill, who also come across Miss Bates and Jane Fairfax. And everybody's walking around and Emma's like, oh, hey, why don't we head back to Hartfield for tea? And everybody's like, yay, let's do that. Emma goes ahead of the group to inform her father and prepare him because we all know he needs to be prepared for things like this. He does not like surprises. Also, Emma has to, like, prepare him to sit at the modern circular table, gasp, circles, what is that? Yeah. How How dare you? How do you know who's the most important person in the room if there's no head of a table? Exactly. Anyway, so as Emma goes away, we get Mr. Knightley point of view. And I really want the whole book to be written through his point of view, with the exception of the paying attention to his accounts part of his life. (laughs) But he is a very, like, he is much more observant than Emma and it shows because, like, we are finally getting, like, confirmation that what we are suspecting or, like, 
things that are like kind of mentioned in parts where Emma's in charge. Uh, like we see them, but we don't understand them. And now we're actually able to understand what's going on. It's like Mr. Knightley is validating us. Mm hmm. Oh, yeah. Like, we weren't sure because we've never read this book, but now Mr. Knightley is saying it, and oh, it must be true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Emma wasn't seeing it before, and now he's seeing it, so it's just proving that, yeah, no, that's what we saw. That's totally what we saw. So, as everybody's coming back, Mr. Knightley doesn't like Frank Churchill. We don't exactly know why specifically, we just know that they don't like each other, or at the very least, Knightley doesn't like Churchill, and that's... Cool, dude, I'm on your side now. (laughs) But so he's like keeping an eye out and he has this inkling that there is something between Frank and Jane Fairfax and he doesn't know exactly what it is. He doesn't understand like the extent of it. He just is certain that Frank is playing Emma and that there's Mm -hmm. something going on between him and Jane Fairfax. And at one point they see Mr doctor ban whose name i can never remember mr perry mr perry i know it starts with a p but for some reason i want to keep calling him polk (laughs) no no no. it's perry and yes i'm glad you're bringing this up because this whole conversation just like threw me off i'm like why are they talking about oh explain it to me it's because frank churchill is a liar and has been okay i'll just explain okay but first let's set the scene what are they talking about so they come across Mr. Perry and they see him riding a horse. And Frank Churchill is like, oh, Miss Weston, didn't you tell me that he's preparing to get a carriage prepared so he can wander around town doing his doctor things with a carriage? So then he's out of the weather and he's healthier and everything like that. And Mrs. Weston's like, no, I didn't. I didn't tell you that. I didn't know anything about that. That's odd. I mean, it makes sense. Mrs. Perry wants it. But no, I don't think I told you. Frank's like, oh, no, of course you did. In one of the letters that you wrote me when I was at Edenscombe, which was a while ago. Uh, yeah, no, it was totally you. It had to have been you. Who else could have told me? And she's like, nope, I didn't tell you. I didn't know anything about it. And he's like, oh, shit. It wasn't her. What? What? Okay. Oh, I must have dreamed it. I have dreams about Hardfield all the time. And when I've had a lot of dreams about people I actually care about, I then have dreams about Mr. Perry. And Mr. Weston's like, that's weird. Of all the people to have a dream about, dream about Mr. Perry. You should probably fix your dreams because it's weird to dream about Mr. Perry. And to think that you were dreaming about the fact that he would have a carriage instead of having a horse. This is really weird. And Ellen is like, uh, yeah, yeah, Mr. Weston. Yeah. Then Miss Bates chimes in because it's Miss Bates. And she's like, oh, I heard that. I Somebody told me, and this is Ellen not remembering who told her. Somebody told me, I can't remember who, but somebody told me that Mrs. Perry was like, oh, no, dude, you should totally get a carriage because then you can go about doing your business in the cold and the rain and we can have money and everything. But whatever. I think, no, the person who told me actually told my mom and then my mom told me. And then the only person I've mentioned it to has been Jane. And we definitely haven't told anybody else. But you know me, I could have told accidentally told somebody else because once I start talking, it just everything comes out and it doesn't stop. And yeah, we get it, Mrs. Bates or Miss Bates. Yeah, that's totally the thing. So. Frank heard it from Jane in a letter that Jane wrote to Frank. And if you remember correctly, young unmarried women do not write letters to young unmarried men, which is why Emma and Frank were not communicating. They only communicated through Mrs. Weston. 
because it would have been inappropriate otherwise. So that means Frank is having an inappropriate letter writing converse or relationship with Jane Fairfax. And Mr. Knightley knows this now because he's not dumb. <laughs> oh, I get it now. Uh-huh. And now while he can't prove this, he is like 99.9% sure he caught Frank Churchill in a lie and nobody else is reacting <laughs> except <laughs> except Jane who right. suddenly gets all like uh dude what the hell you just totally outed us without flat out saying that we are having this this communication and Mr. Knightley sees it and he is watching the two of them like a freaking hawk and then we get to Hartfield. And we're still through Mr. Knightley's point of view. We get to Hartfield and everybody has tea. And Frank is being all flirty, flirty with Emma, which of course Mr. Knightley doesn't like because he's in love with Emma. Right. So Frank's like, oh, hey, your nephews were here and they had this box of letters. Let's play a little alphabet game. And everybody is like, yeah, okay, sure, whatever. The only people really playing are Harriet, Emma, Frank jane fairfax and mr knightley kind of because like harriet is asking him for help with stuff so essentially what they do is they lay out all the letters and then like frank puts together a word and he shows it to emma and emma scrambled yes it's scrambled yes so he puts together a word in scrambled and he gives it to emma and she just laughs it off a little bit then he sends it over to jane fairfax and jane fairfax is just like huh okay whatever and then he sends it over to harriet and harriet isn't getting it she can't unscramble it so she asks mr knightley for help and he finds the word and the word is blunder as in the blunder frank had when they were outside and he accidentally told everybody that he and jane have been exchanging letters which is why jane was like "Uh uh-huh okay yeah whatever yeah duh bitch (laughs) (laughs) and emma didn't understand because she wasn't there and it's emma she isn't gonna understand even if she was there so then the next word frank puts together because i don't know what he's trying to do here i don't know if he's just like trying to keep poking at jane or if he's trying to get on emma's good side by bringing this one up i don't know i don't understand why he picked this word i have no idea but he scrambles up another letter and gives it to emma and it says dixon And Emma loses it. She's laughing. She thinks it's funny. And then sends it over to Jane, who... Oh, that way, he's like, should I send it to Jane? And Emma's like, no, that would be too cruel. Don't do that. Mm -hmm. But he does it anyway. Mm -hmm. So he sends it over to Jane, and she has had enough. She's just like, first, you pretty much tell everybody your secret. Then you flat out insult me without, like, like... Dude, not cool. And Mr. Knightley notices that word because he's keeping an eye on these guys. He barely, he almost misses it though because Jane sees it right away and is like pushing it back and almost doesn't quite unscramble it. Harriet takes it and then that's when Mr. Knightley sees it because Harriet's trying to figure it out. Oh, right, right, right. Because then there's a third word that we don't know Mm -hmm. that Frank, like, because... Jane has had enough and she's like, okay, hey, it's time to go. And everybody is like getting up and ready to go. But real quick, Frank throws together one more word and slides it over to Jane. We have no idea what this is because Jane is just like, screw you. And she just like 
whacks the letters and just like throws them all over the place. And Mr. Knightley tried really, really hard to tell us what that word was, but we didn't see what it was. It better have been sorry. (laughs) Jane is not happy. And we actually very much see her being not happy over the next two times we see her. So yes. But as they're leaving, everybody leaves, but Mr. Knightley hangs back because he's like, I can't, I can't sit idly by and let Emma be led into this Jane Fairfax, Frank Churchill thing they got going on. I Mm -hmm. can't have that. So he tries to like warn her essentially. Mm -hmm. He's like, first he's calling her out on the laughter about the word Dixon. Mm -hmm. He's just like, you know, Jane didn't like that word. What was going on there? And Emma's trying to like push it off like, oh, it was just a joke. And it's like, well, the joke seemed to be between you and Frank because Jane did not find it funny. Mm -hmm. So one, he's calling her out on that. Which, and then I just want to also call Emma out on that because like twice now in the book, she's like, I need to be a better friend to Jane Fairfax. This is not how you become a better friend to Jane Fairfax. What you do in the next section is slightly more of becoming a better friend to Jane Fairfax, but you did this first. So girl, you got to work on this. Yeah, exactly. I think it's, I think it all comes back to like, I know she says she doesn't like Frank, but you, she can't help be charmed by him. She totally likes likes him. She likes to flirt with him and she, she likes the attention that she gets from him. That's what she likes. Well, what she's doing with Jane Fairfax in saying one thing and then doing another when she's near her is exactly what she's doing with Frank Churchill. She says one thing when he's not around, which is, oh, no, I don't like him. And then when he is around, it's very clear that she does. So she's saying one thing and doing something completely different on both accounts. And I think that is the reason why she isn't catching all of this. She doesn't see that Frank and Jane have something going on because if she were actually being a good friend to Jane and not actually falling for Frank Churchill's crap, she would see it. Yeah. Yeah. But she's not because she's saying one thing and doing another. Yeah, exactly. So there's that, there's that issue right there. That's number one that nightly calls her out on. It's like, Jane didn't find it funny. You guys shouldn't have been laughing at her. Mm -hmm. You need to be a better friend. And then the second thing, it's like, Emma, don't you see? Don't you see that there's something between them that perhaps they like each other? And Emma's like, no, that is impossible. There is no way. And he's like, are you sure? Uh, The looks between them, like, you don't think that perhaps there could be something there? And she's like, well, maybe on her side, she might like him. I guess I could see that. But Frank, no, he definitely does not like Jane Fairfax. I can say that for a fact. Mm-hmm. And she practically says that phrase. She's just like, yeah. I can speak on the on behalf of the man, but not the woman. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, Ugh. And then Mr. Knightley's like, all right, well, I tried. And just goes home. <laughs> Where it's quiet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which I don't blame you, dude. No. I don't blame you. Go go hang out with your account books. They ain't going to talk back to you. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of people talking back to Mr. Knightley. So we still get a little bit more of Mr. Knightley's point of view uh, later on. So if you remember correctly, Mrs. Elton has this whole thing about how fancy people with money go out and do things. And that's just not how things are done in Highbury. People don't do anything. But she's been really looking forward to her sister and brother-in-law from Maple Grove coming to visit so they can go do all of these things. So 
She's really bored and she's like, oh, I really wish we could go to Box Hill. You know what? Let's just go. Why not? Let's just go. So she starts to put together a party to go to Box Hill. And it's the Westons and Emma, uh, Frank Churchill, the Bateses, and everything. And Harriet. And I don't. And Mr. Knightley. So they're all going to go to Box Hill. Oh no, the horse got injured. So they can't go to Box Hill. So in order to make it up to Mrs. Elton, Mr. Knightley's like, well, why don't you guys come to Donwell Abbey? It's not quite the same, but, you know, we can make a little picnic of it or we can do a little thing. You guys can pick strawberries. We can hang out. You know, it's not quite the same, but, you know, it's something. And Mrs. Elton takes this opportunity to not only go pick strawberries and pretend she's living this big fancy life, but she also takes this opportunity to try to control the entire thing, despite it not being her house. <laughs> right. So Mr. Knightley is like, oh, no, like we can hang out outside, but we'll totally have like food and refreshments inside because it's going to be hot. Like we're not going to want to spend time outside. And she's like, oh, no, we can make a picnic. We can sit outside. We can come in on donkey. We can do all of this. I'll pick the guest list. And he's like, uh, no, I'll pick the guest list. It's my house. Also, sure, but I'm still having refreshments inside because that's where people eat. Like, <laughs> so she's like, just, we are English. We eat indoors. Well, also, he fully plans on inviting Mr. Woodhouse and he knows Mr. Woodhouse isn't going to sit outside. No. No. She uses so the excuse that she is a married woman mm-hmm. and this is what married women do. And mm-hmm. it's like. I mean, she's not wrong. It is what married women do, but it's what you do when it's your own house, mm-hmm. not somebody else's house who right. is of a higher rank than you. And she calls him nightly throughout uh-huh. the whole thing, which is like, no, 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 no. <laughs> you do not do that. Like, you do not call him nightly. You call him Mr. Knightley because that is respect and that is what you do. You... You throw off the the title, like the mister or whatever, generally if you're talking to a servant, if I recall, right? Usually it's like somebody of your staff, you would just so, do last name. So that I'm not sure about, but also like if you did have a more intimate relationship with him. So like I could see Emma calling him nightly because they are, you know, very intimate together and like men to men call each other by their last names or sometimes just by their title. You know, it's just what they do, but she has no place to do that. And she is like this whole conversation between them. She is almost acting as if she is the Mrs. Knightley of the house, you know, like, so she's going to take on the responsibility. She's going to do this. She even offers her own assistance as well as her housekeeper's assistance. And Mr. Knightley's like, my housekeeper has this under control. Like, I've been doing this for years now. I don't like, no, I don't care that you're a married woman and I'm a single man. Like, no, this is my thing. I just happen to have invited you to make you feel better because, you know, you can't do this thing you wanted to do. You're new in town. You're the newly married woman. We're still kind of going to let you think that you're all important, you know, and stuff like that. Yeah. So it's a whole big thing. And then sadly, our nightly point of view ends and we're back to Emma. (laughs) Yes. So... They go to the to Donwell Abbey and Emma hasn't been there in a while, I guess. And she's walking around and being all like, oh, this is such a really nice house. Uh, I wonder what it would be like to be in charge of this house. This is such a nice house. You know, a little bit like Lizzie wasn't Pemberley, except that Lizzie 
had the whole like, huh, I could have been this. I could have been the lady of this house. Emma right. doesn't have that, but she still kind of has those thoughts of what if, you know? A little bit, yeah. A little but bit. She also, but she also does already see this house as kind of like an extension of her family because mm-hmm. her sister has married into it. So it's like... And her nephews are going to inherit it. So yeah. she does see it a little bit as her house, but she also really admires it and she it makes her think of Knightley and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. So... Donwell Abbey is not quite the wingman Pemberley is, but did we expect it to be? I didn't. I mean, it's still really nice. Extensive grounds. The gardens, like he has strawberry fields. He has um, cabbages. He has limes. Um, You can like go on this walk to where there's a sloping hill and you can see the farm with this picturesque beautiful river curving behind it and the meadows in front and the forest. And I mean, it just sounds like an English dream. Well, it, it definitely brings us back to the whole idea of, like, what was in style for, like, big estate, like, grounds back when this book was written and what was in style before that. Because it seems that both Donwell Abbey and Pemberley decided to not go with the new cool trend of having nice manicured lawns and hedges and stuff and having more of a natural feel to their grounds. Because yeah. both have that. So... Well, and I wonder if it's because also Donwell Abbey just seems like, like it's providing food, mm-hmm. not just to the area, but like, perhaps like, because he has all these accounts, he like maybe even, sh- you know, exports some of it to other areas so, maybe that are nearby. I mean, I'm not, I don't know so much about that, but like Donwell Abbey is the reason why Highbury is there. Like so many people in Highbury technically work for Mr. Knightley in some way, yeah. shape or form through Donwell Abbey and the connections it has within town. And I think that technically Mr. Knightley owns a good chunk of Highbury from what I remember reading from before. So, yeah. yeah. Whereas Pemberley doesn't really have like the town associated with it nearly as much as I think Mm -hmm. Highbury does with Donwell Abbey. So, or at the very least, we don't see that as much in Pride and Prejudice. Like we know that a lot of people who work in the town work or who live in the town work at Pemberley, but we don't necessarily know how much Pemberley has influence over the town you know yeah but anyway so they have their little strawberry gathering and everything like that and you know mrs bates is talking mrs elton is talking blah 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 blah. jane is just kind of over it she's just she's still really upset but emma obviously doesn't see this she just is like she sees that jane is upset jane is like look i just want to go home and Emma's like, well, let me get a carriage. It's really hot out. And she's like, no, I want to walk. Just just let me be. And Emma's like, yeah, okay, no problem. And Jane is like, oh, but don't tell anybody until I'm out of here. I don't want anybody to stop me. Can you just do this for me? And Emma's like, yeah, sure, no problem. So Jane leaves. I did skip over one thing, and that is that Mrs. Elton did exactly what Jane asked her not to do which was inquire about work for her as a governess. Yes, because she found her a position, essentially. Mm -hmm. And she basically accepted it for her. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Without consulting her. Exactly, which we all knew was going to happen because Mrs. Elton sucks. So Jane had to once again be like, no, I didn't ask for this. I'm not doing this. Please don't do this. Please stop. And Mrs. Elton wasn't hearing it. So then Jane is upset. And that's why Emma... When Emma sees Jane upset, she associates it with that. Personally, me, I think it's that on top of everything else that happens. Yeah. And I think 
one of the reasons why that is the case is because right after Jane leaves, Frank Churchill shows up and he is not a happy camper. Like he has a stick way up his butt and he is angry and he's like, I'm hot. I'm gross. I don't want to be here. I don't want to do any of this. Blah, blah, blah. And I think the reason why he's so upset isn't because he's hot, but because he ran into Jane as she was leaving and they got into another argument. (laughs) Yeah. For sure, because yeah. he says that. He's like, I met one of your party mm-hmm. on the road. Mm-hmm. Referring back to Jane. Yeah. yeah. So they had a quarrel because she's still pissed at him and he's now upset. And he brings down the whole party at Donwell Abbey. And I mean, kind of, I mean, they're not really there for that first part. It's Emma and Mr. Woodhouse. And Mr. Woodhouse really isn't paying attention. Mm-hmm. And Emma's like, Okay, go get some food and drink. Like, I know when people are overheated, they need food and drink and it'll make them feel better. So go do that. And he's like, no, I'm not going to do that. And then he does go do that. And then Emma goes over to her dad and it's like, oh, dad, good thing I'm not in love with him because I can never be in love with a man who got like a little crossover beat overheated. (laughs) It's like, oh, my God, Emma. And then he comes back, had a little bit, but he's still cross. And she's Mm -hmm. like, go eat some more. Mm hmm. You um, need yeah. a Snickers. Basically. <laughs> you're not yourself when you're hungry. <laughs> or, quote unquote, overheated. So, never mind. But yeah, so then he comes back to the party. <laughs> so then the rest of the party comes yeah, back yeah. in. They're like, hey, Frank, it's Frank. And then, like, some of the other people are like, mm, it's Frank. Like, okay, some Knightley. people are happy to see them and some people are not. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, Mr. Knightley. Mm-hmm. We're not too pleased to see him. Um, and Frank tries. He tries to, like, be part of it, you know. Mm-hmm. And Emma's like, hey, come with us tomorrow. It'll be so much better. He's like, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to oh. go home tonight. Well, Ooh. so the horse ends up not being too, just, like, too broken, I guess, to go to Box Hill. So they all decide to go to Box Hill the next day. And Emma is trying well, to invite him, invite Frank to go to Box Hill. Yeah. Is Yeah. So... The horse actually heals itself before they even have their picnic at Donwell Abbey, mm-hmm. but they still have the picnic anyway. They're still going to keep the plan mm-hmm. going. But there was another horse who could have potentially been hurt, and that was Frank Churchill's horse, because they're like, where's Frank? Frank should be at Donwell Abbey by now. Frank said he was going to come. Maybe his horse got hurt. And they're like, no, it's probably Mrs. Churchill. And they're like, no, what if something happened? They're like, no, it's probably Mrs. Churchill. And then when he gets there and everybody sees him, he's like, yeah, it was Mrs. Churchill. So either way, they're going to Box Hill the next day, <laughs> is the yes. point. And Frank does go, even though he says he's not going to go because mm-hmm. he's being a grumpy pants, but he does end up going. And he acts very weird the next day. Yeah, so everybody goes to Box Hill. It's Mr. Knightley, the Bateses, Emma, Harriet, uh, and Mr. and Mrs. Elton. And there's a bit of drama. Yes. Yes. So. First of all, Box Hill is like a seven-mile ride away, so it's mm-hmm. pretty far. So Mr. Woodhouse is not going. Mm-hmm. Mrs. Weston stays behind. Mm-hmm. So, But Mr. Weston does go, so he's representing Randall's. Mm-hmm. Um, so they get there, and it's awkward because nobody really likes each other, mm-hmm. so they don't want to hang out with each other. So it separates into essentially three groups. So there's the Eltons, Mr. and Mrs., hanging out together. Then you have Knightley, who is walking around with Miss Bates and Jane Fairfax, Mm kind of taking them over. And then you have Emma and Harriet with Mr. Frank Churchill. And I 
guess Mr. Weston is just trying to make everybody get along <laughs> and be together, but he's it's not working. Yeah. So he's just like, oh, well. Because the Eltons don't like Harriet and Emma, and Mr. Knightley and Jane aren't big fans of Frank right now, and I don't know why the Eltons and Mr. Knightley and the Bateses aren't together, but I'm sure there's something. <laughs> Well, I don't think Jane is really happy with Mrs. Elton right oh, yeah, now right, right, because right. of the mm-hmm. the thing. Yeah. That's it. Yep. That's it. Sorry. Brain fart. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. So there's a lot of drama. There's a lot of drama. And so that drama has created these separate groups. So they're like just doing stuff on their own. But we're really seeing Emma, Harriet, and Frank Churchill. That's mm-hmm. the main group that we're following. And basically all they're doing is complaining. Well, it's really Frank Churchill who's complaining. He's like... Everybody here is, like, being excessively stupid. It's so weird. Come on, Emma. Like, come on. Let's go. Let's make fun of everybody. I want to pull you into my into my thing Drama. that I'm creating here. And Emma's, like, she's, like, being polite, but she's also doesn't really want to be part of this. She's, like, what is with this guy? He's not being charming. Mm-mm. He's not really, like, endearing himself to me. He's, like, doing nothing to win my heart back, <laughs> is what she says. Because remember, she doesn't love him. Oh, wait. she doesn't love him. <laughs> it's just, it's just crazy. And then, because he's, like, being kind of a bummer, Harriet has nothing interesting to say. So, Harriet's also being kind of a bummer. And Emma's just like, well, this sucks. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. And that's you. That's what we get for our first chunk. And then everybody comes together for the picnic part mm-hmm. of it. And nobody wants to talk to each other because <laughs> they're all mad at each other. And so Frank can't take silence, apparently. He, there must be talking at all times. And so he's like, all right, let, let me stir up some trouble. Hey, everyone. Miss Emma over here, Miss Woodhouse, who presides over you all, would like to know what you're all thinking. Of course, Emma didn't, like, put him up to this. Uh -uh. It's just him trying to stir the pot some more. Mm -hmm. So, like, Mrs. Elton gets pissed at this because this is Mrs. Elton's party. Mm -hmm. And if anybody should be presiding over it, it's Mrs. Elton. Mm -hmm. So she's like, F you. I'm not going to be part of this conversation. Mm-hmm. And then other people are just annoyed by Frank, like Jane and Mr. Knightley. So they're like, F you, Frank. We're also not going to be part of this conversation. Well, Mr. Elton is like, I'm an old married man. I don't have to be part of this conversation. And then Mr. and Mrs. Elton walk away. <laughs> it's just so weird. And like part of Mr. Elton's things too is like, why would I do anything that Miss Woodhouse is presiding over when she wouldn't even accept my hand, right? He's bitter. Mm-hmm. He's oh, just yeah. bitter. He yeah. is butthurt. I, I believe I said the word butthurt enough in the last episode to point out the fact that he is extremely butthurt and will never not be butthurt over the fact that Emma turned him down. Yes. So Frank is like, hey, tell Emma what you're thinking. And Emma's like, no, don't tell me what you're thinking. Please don't. Like, Mm -hmm. she's, again, like, kind of laughing it off. And it almost looks like they're flirting. Like, this Mm -hmm. is how other people are interpreting it. But, again, I feel like she's just, like, kind of, like, being polite. And then also she still likes him and wants to be his friend. So it's, like, one of those awkward scenarios where it's, like, this is your friend, but your friend is acting like a jackass, but you don't know how to tell your friend that they're acting like a jackass when really you should just tell your friend, hey, you're acting like a jackass. Stop. Yeah. Because that's the good friend thing to do. But she doesn't do that. Mm-hmm. She just plays it off. And then so people are now getting upset probably with her. 
So she's like, no, don't tell me what you're thinking. Frank's like, okay, okay. Hey, everyone, Miss Woodhouse would like you to entertain her with something, right? Tell her something clever or tell her some kind of riddle. Or if you don't have anything like that, just tell her three dull things in a row. And then Miss Bates chimes in is like, oh, I could do that one easily. Everything I say is dull, right? Like, just mm-hmm. kind of like talking a yeah, lot. Because Mrs. Bates doesn't have a problem with anybody. Like, she she's just and like, I don't understand what's going on. Blah, blah, blah. You know, she's just Miss Bates. I'm just going to be part of the conversation. And this is how I can be part of it. And I can tell yeah. you three dull things. And then Emma, which I don't know why she says this. I don't know what provokes her to say this. But she looks at Miss Bates and is like, Oh, Miss Bates, remember to narrow it down to only three dull things in a row. Because mm-hmm. we all know you say way more dull things in a row than just three. So just narrow it down, essentially. And Miss Bates is really hurt yeah. by this. And Well, she, she's like, oh, yeah, no, uh, I, I mean, I can't disagree with you. Like, yeah, no, I just start talking and things just start coming out and... Yeah, no, I I understand. And I think at some point, and she might say this like quietly to Knightley or something, but she's just like, I hope I don't offend Emma by the way that I talk regularly. And it's like, it's really heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. Because it's like, yeah, we know that's true. But also you don't say that to her face and you don't say it in front of like all of these other people. And you don't say it the way that you said it. Yeah. She meant it as a joke but it was an incredibly mean-spirited mm-hmm. joke and it's just it's, like one of those ones that makes you cringe and feel awkward like when you're watching the early seasons of the office and it's <laughs> like no 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 well and it's also like it's one thing like if mrs bates were to just go on and on and on and on and on about topics that she shouldn't be talking about or topics that are awkward or making other people feel uncomfortable which we have had in the past and it's one thing at that point to be like mrs bates be quiet you're saying too many things and another thing for her to just like nobody's talking everybody's upset and she's just trying trying to engage in conversation because nothing is happening. Like she is genuinely trying to like make the rest of people happy by starting conversation and making things feel less awkward and like cutting the tension by just engaging in part of this conversation. And Emma just like shuts her down and she's just like, yeah. But again, it's one thing for us to say, oh, Mrs. Bates, like, I turn her off when she starts talking, blah, 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 blah. I can't stand her. I don't like her. Like, I never said I didn't like Mrs. Bates. (laughs) I just can't read all of that text. I just can't. It's too much. She's just going. It's one thing for us to say it. It's another thing to have Emma say it to her face without reading the situation. Yeah, Because, like, exactly. even if, like, I were Emma in that situation and I thought all of the things that I think about Mrs. Bates, if she were just doing this and saying this, I would never say that yeah. to her face like that. Never. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So it makes everything really awkward. And after that happens, pretty much everyone goes back to walking around by themselves mm-hmm. because you can't you can't come back from something like Mm-mm. that. Mm-mm. You really can't. And so the rest of the picnic kind of just, like, putters out and Emma's back with Frank and Harriet and like in the same situation she was in before everybody came so and she's like so I don't know bored I guess or like annoyed that by the time the carriages come she's really excited and she's even more excited when it's the Elton's carriage who leaves first yeah essentially I can't take that yeah so the Elton's leave 
Mr. Weston and the Bateses leave and Frank Churchill. So the only people that are left are her, Harriet, and Mr. Knightley. And we all know Mr. Knightley rides a horse, so he ain't getting in the carriage. It's just Emma and Harriet. But before they leave, Mr. Knightley pulls Emma aside and is like, wow, what you said to Miss Bates was terrible. Like, why did you do that? I don't understand. Like, she is a good person and she has known you your whole life. And all she wants to do is, like, make you happy. And she wants to make sure that, like, because she, well, she knows that she is of a different class now. Like, she knows that really you guys shouldn't be friends and you guys shouldn't be hanging out because she is poor and she's likely to get more poor the older she gets. And she respects and loves and just wants to stay in your good graces because she likes you. She wants to be your friend and she is a good friend and she's scared that you guys won't be friends anymore. And this is just how you treat her. It's terrible. Like, what is wrong with you? This isn't how you treat a good person. Yeah. Not only that, but he also makes the point that, like, Emma, you are of a higher class. And you saying that in front of all of those people, they might take a cue from you mm-hmm. and also start treating her poorly now. Mm-hmm. Like, you've done something absolutely terrible to this really nice person who has done nothing but be your friend. And shame on you. Basically, shame on you. Shame on you. And then he just walks off and... He helps her into the carriage. Oh, okay. He helps her into the carriage. And she's, like, really upset because she's embarrassed. She does know, even though she isn't admitting it to him, she does know she she fucked up royally. Mm -hmm. And she's upset. She's, like, mad and upset with herself. And she just doesn't say anything. She can't move. She can't... Mm-hmm. breathe it's like it's like when you know you did something wrong and somebody calls you out on it and you know you get that feeling in the back of your throat you start like to panic your eyes might well up and you're like oh shit i did screw up i did screw up how can i ever fix this what can i do like that is she's mm-hmm. like in that shock mm-hmm. and then she tries to like shake it off once she's in the carriage she tries to show nightly that whatever do it's not gonna phase me and she leans out the window to do that and he's already turned away and gone mm-hmm. so and then she cries the whole way home and she just she just lets it out because it's just her and Harriet and she doesn't care that Harriet sees her doing this. But also at the same time, Harriet doesn't really do anything. I don't really think Harriet gets what's going on. I don't think she does either. And I think that the fact that she sees Emma crying and maybe she heard the conversation, I don't really know. But she's just kind of like not doing anything. She's just like backing off. And I don't know if it's because she does know what's going on or she doesn't know what's going on or she heard the conversation or she didn't, but Harriet isn't doing anything. Emma cries all the way home. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if it's because like Harriet's usually the one who's like melting down and Emma's this strong thing. And so when Emma, who is like the almighty Emma, so strong, always consistent, breaks down, she just doesn't know what to do. Yeah, it could be. I don't know. We'll have to find out. But that's where we end on that really sad, sad, sad note. Which also now, if I'm thinking of the scene from the pictures of the 2020 movie that I've seen, I finally made that a connection because I'm like, why is she crying in a carriage? Well, now I know. (laughs) This could be it. Yeah, this is probably it. But yeah. 
So that's where we left off, and we're going to continue from there. I have no idea what happens next. Um, hopefully, somebody calls Frank Churchill out on his shit. There's not much book left. No, there isn't. We yeah, have, almost done. We only have two sections left. So, yeah. I have a really good feeling that these next two sections are going to be the best part of the whole book. Is it because the book is finally ending? So no, you it's don't because... have to read it anymore? No, it's 100% because I think this is the moment where Emma wakes up because Knightley has called her out on her shit twice now Mm -hmm. in a way that has affected her. Mm -hmm. This is the moment where she wakes up and like she's going to make some changes and like cue the feel good music montage of like collecting things for the school garage sale and like taking Ty to the skateboard park and making up with her and like donating her clothes and like getting her driver's license. This is this part of the book. We are really looking forward to watching Clueless if you can't tell. (laughs) (laughs) So. Okay, well... That is it for us. And again, just shouting out to the Well Here We Are podcast who gave us our chapter breakdowns. Uh, check them out on Twitter at Well Here Pod, also on Instagram at the same. Check us out on Instagram and Twitter. Check us out on Twitter, please. And also make sure you check out Frolic, who is yes! now our, our podcast network. Check Woo! them out. Um, if you love romance books, go on their website. They have a bunch of articles. If you are like me and didn't read romance until her 30s, it's a great place to figure out where to start because it doesn't matter what kind of romance you like, whether it's bodice rippers, harlequins, like contemporary romances, modern romances, YA romances, like they have it all. So it's a great place to start. So check them out and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Beyond Measure is hosted by me, Katrina Mayer, and me, Elle Kammerer. We're part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. Our music was composed by Shane Ivers, and our artwork was created by the beautiful and talented Katie Keneally. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts, or you can find us on our website at withbeyondmeasure.com. Or follow us on Instagram for all of our updates, memes, and just fun stuff. Our handle is at WBM Podcast. I'm going to say that again. It's WBM Podcast.